Hey everybody, welcome to the final episode of season one of The Mandalorian. It's the uh, the show where the Star Wars Minute guys, that's us, we go through every episode of the new Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm Pete the Retailer. And my name is Alex Robinson. And uh, today we're discussing chapter eight of The Mandalorian season one. It's called Redemption. Redemption. I feel like every last episode of a Star Wars movie of a Star Wars series might as well be called Redemption. Well, that I, I wonder if how was this titled Redemption for a long time? Long time. Uh, did uh, like did they think like is there a certain kind of uh, you know like the week after or whatever it was like yeah the week after a Star Wars movie comes out that a lot of people you know that's been getting kind of some. Uh, mixed reviews and a lot of internet discussion than to come out with a like a finale episode called Redemption seems a little bit like infighting. I don't know. Hmm. But could be wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the, the, the finale of season one. This is where uh, the, the storyline such as it is um, wraps up. Um, and well, before we step through it, um, overall, how do you feel? Did you feel like this did a good job of wrapping up? Did you like this episode? Well, uh, attentive listeners will recall that, uh, I loved last week's episode with the uh, return of IG 11 and Ugnolty and, uh, and, uh, MMA lady and, uh, everyone except Amy Sedaris came back. Uh, I was a little disappointed in this one. It, this one seemed a lot more. Um, uh, I, I felt like it was a lot more action heavy. Yeah. Which I know is kind of a uh, and, and obviously we all like to see some good action, but um, I guess I'm at the point where I don't find fight scenes as interesting as the talking scenes right. <laughs> nowadays. So uh, so it felt like I felt like they were in that that little uh, the the. They were hiding in that bar uh, for a long time, it felt like. Long me. time. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, we got to, we got to a little bit of the Mandalorian backstory. Not really anything, not really any new information. I guess just kind of confirming little bits and pieces we've been told. And, uh, and of course, we got to see him without his helmet. That was probably the biggest, uh, biggest moment of the uh, right. thing in terms of the overall story. Well, we'll but... Uh, We'll get there. But uh, I didn't. I didn't like it as much as last week's episode. Um, it just seemed kind of like a lot of tying up of loose ends, sort of. Right. But I am pleased to see that my uh, my prediction might actually be coming to pass. That the Mandalorian it might be uh, retiring, or at least temporarily retiring from uh, bounty hunting. But we'll hmm. see. Uh, my well, there's two What's things. Your impression? My my uh, my prediction did not come to pass. Um, mm-hmm. Mandalorian titular Mandalorian did not kill Baby Yoda. Um, but also, um, you will, uh, you know, I liked, I liked this episode uh, pretty good. It's one of those, you know, near. I think this goes, you know, in my book, this goes up with the with the first episode and last week. They're all on a similar level, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even the the prison break one. Um, that that fluctuates between top tier and second tier. I think oh, that had some corn. I don't know, but uh, um, 
But then, of course, regular listeners, people who know my tastes and my my complaints will understand why uh, I found part, one particular part uh, of this episode incredibly frustrating. But uh, <laughs> I think I can imagine what it was. It was the tentacle monster, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's step let's step through it. Um, it starts out with the you know the the kind of continuation from last episode that the. Uh, the uh, the speeder bikers who uh, had were sent out to fetch the baby Yoda, they uh, they did. They got they they killed Ugnolty. They got the baby Yoda. Uh, we see the cool kind of biker scout messenger bag for the first time, which has a little Imperial insignia on it, which is kind of neat. I, I a lot of this I, maybe it's just that uh, we're we're just through the um, the Christmas season, but a lot of it I was like, oh. That's a thing that's a gift or a, you know, that that's that's marketing. That's merchandise right there. <laughs> but the uh, the Imperial Messenger bag uh, is a thing. And then it, it, then it basically turns into troops for like five minutes. And yeah, that was a really weird opening bit. Well, that's I, I wrote in my notes like, I really hope this is the whole episode. Like if, <laughs> if if they you know it's like the that swerve you know it's like the 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 Terrence and Philip Christmas South. special that, that, that yeah. kind of like building up to a big oh my god what's gonna happen and then like oh you know what different <laughs> like you're gonna have to wait until next season um I I was really hoping it was just gonna be you know like this these two uh, biker scouts talking to each other for the whole you know forty minutes or whatever um I I guess in a way I wish it had been shorter or longer right. <laughs> But I was also so distracted by the fact of trying to figure out who the biker scouts were. I was pleased I figured one of them out. I didn't figure out both of them, but... Uh, you know, I didn't go back and look. I, I forgot. Who are they? It was uh, comedic actors Adam Pally and Jason Sudeikis. Hmm. I don't know if they were in there or whether they were just the voices, but... Um, Interesting. It continues the trend of this um, season. I guess the whole, obviously, it's only one season, so the show in general of casting uh, comic actors in otherwise straight roles. This has been happening. They had you had. Uh, let's say, let's go through it. We had um, the first episode. You had um, right, Posein. Oh, and, well, starting off with uh, Horatio Sands. Yeah, Horatio Sands. Horatio Sands. You had Brian Posein um, as uh, the ferryman. Brian Posehn, we had uh, Bill Burr, right? Bibba. Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. There was somebody else in the. Uh, well, he, he kind of walks the line because he's he's done some serious directing and stuff. But um, Richard Ayoade is uh, as a protocol droid. Mm-hmm. Which somebody reminded me uh, on uh, going, you know, continuing with our trend of accurate predictions. Apparently, mm-hmm. at some point in season. You know, a couple of seasons ago, a couple of years ago, I said uh, on a, I think on a weekend edition show, I said I'd, uh, I'd like to see Richard Ayoade play a protocol droid. So there we go. Hmm. There you go. That someone's listening <laughs> to us. Um, we get a little again. I wonder if he was in there or just doing the voice. I don't, I don't, I can't tell. He's a, he's a skinny guy. So he was just could, doing the voice work. for that. The, the body, oh, he was yeah for the for the protocol okay. for zero. Um, I don't know about the the speeder bikers yeah um the uh we get a, a kind of rehash of the stormtroopers can't shoot joke mm-hmm. um which is kind of i don't know it was it was funny once and now i'm like mm, let's not just keep doing that joke 
Like it still, <laughs> it worked within this, but I'm like, all right, let's ease off that. Let's not keep doing that. Yeah. Besides, it was established that the stormtroopers were bad shots because Tarkin wanted them to escape from the Death Star. Right. That's the only reason that they weren't killing all the good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the saga. Um, mm-hmm. They still had that, like, nobody had, uh, because Tarkin died, nobody had kind of uh, countermanded that order. So still like, yeah. oh. Do you want to be the one to, do you want to be the first one to, to go against it? 30 years ago, somebody said not to shoot them. So we, we still just, I don't know. It's, it's. Consider bad form. Yeah. Um, and then. Speaking of bad form, we get to see Yoda, baby Yoda punched a bunch of times yeah. in this minute. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of how, you know, you can, you can, uh kill all the humans you want in a movie and no one cares but as soon as like an animal gets yeah, hurt exactly like then everyone f- freaks out so like it, what, there's no easier way to establish someone as a bad guy than having someone punch baby yoda yeah. in the face you know, what I, you know they're 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 literally space nazis but uh, you want to make them look bad have them punch a baby <laughs> um but uh, yeah, then uh, they they get their comeuppance uh, as we get, uh, and and this is the first in what um, I, I it's a theme that we've we've talked about. We talk about it a little bit in our in our coverage of Rogue One, and we've talked about it a couple of times in our coverage now of of the Mandalorian. That um, the movies that are coming out now are basically um, hey, let's play with Star Wars toys, the motion picture. You know, they're they're like. TV mm-hmm. and movies are all just like, you know, people like us playing with their Star Wars toys, but, you know, writ large. Yeah. And so um, this episode in particular totally plays out like that um, because like that, the, the the kind of end of the cold open, uh, you know, IG-11 has, you know, the, the biker scouts have stopped kind of they're waiting for confirmation and uh, guess who's chased them the whole way It's IG-11 and he uh, takes them out. And then we get IG, basically IG-88 on a speeder bike, which is, you know, it's a, it's a culmination of people, of things that kids thought were cool when we were eight. <laughs> um, Did IG-88, um, like, walk the whole way from the ship to the... Yes, I'm assuming he just kind of ran. Wow. You mean IG-11? Wow. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm a racist. Uh, yeah, and then we get the title, Redemption. Um, also, this is the first time I think he refers to himself as a nurse droid. Yes, which is a good. Uh, uh, I like I like him very much in this uh, episode. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think it's also funny because I think the last what could be called a nurse droid we saw was probably uh, Kroontan B machine. <laughs> yeah, it was the Kroontan B machine. I guess we've seen it. We saw one of the medical droids, but. Uh, <laughs> There doesn't seem to be a design more poorly, uh, something more poorly designed to be a nurse droid than IG-11. He's all right. like jagged edges and points and, <laughs> you know. Uh, I wonder what the nurse droids really do look like in the uh, in the Star Wars universe. But um, he's like the wire mother in that experiment. You know, the, you know, that, the, where they, you know what I'm talking about? Does that make any it sense? Sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't remember any details. Where they put the baby monkey in a cage with a fake mother that is made out of like chicken wire. Oh, right. So that's kind of like what uh, what IG Eleven is like the poor pathetic baby that has to grow up with this monster for it, this cold pointy monster for its <laughs> mother. Anyway. Anyway, we get this, and then we cut back to our our heroes, 
the Mandalorian gang is holed up in the in a cantina of sorts or whatever building this was. The the place where they met up with Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. The 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 bounty hunting recruiting office. Right. Bounty hunter uh, lounge. And uh Grand Moff Bugging Out reveals that he knows who they all are. And they all like Um and they uh they we first hear well we hear Cara Dune's full name because you that's mm-hmm. how you can tell that he's he's upset with her he uses her full name he's like Cara Cynthia <laughs> Dune you come out here right now <laughs> Ooh. um and uh Din Jaren Din Din Jaren is the uh, hmm. the titular Mandalorian's name Din Din. Uh, Din Jaren, the, uh, we don't know, um, that's all close to Dan Jeers, mm, the, uh, yeah, Dan Jeer, the, the Imperial, the officer. Imperial officer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I, they, uh, they kind of hatch, try to hatch a plan of, of basically into the garbage chute flyboy. Like they're like, Oh, if we mm-hmm. open up this grate, we can get through there, but they can't open it. Um, I don't understand why sewers have ventilation. Yeah, wouldn't that place smell like poop? <laughs> Maybe that's how they keep people from lingering too long. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone, it's like a meeting is going on for. It's like the uh, you know getting a arranging for your phone to vibrate or something. You know, sending yourself a yeah. text or something like that. Like you, it's everyone. So he's got a little button that opens up the sewer vents, and he's like, "Oh, I'm. I do you smell that? That's. That, that, uh, let's go outside." Yeah. We do that with our air mattresses. We we poke a little hole in each one of our air mattresses, so anyone who stays with us, they wake up every morning on the cold floor. Right. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Our air mattress just has a hole in it. That explains a lot. Um, <laughs> then uh, I I do like that. Uh, um, uh, grief, Karga, Carl Weathers. What <laughs> says uh, like, what are you proposing, basically? <laughs> he yeah. should have backed off. You know, should have been from the background. They should have had it. You know. Uh, you know, from the outside Imperials and you just hear his voice like, what are you proposing? And someone says, let him speak. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, speaking, speaking of speaking, I just want to say at this point, uh, I, about uh, Gus Fring, mm-hmm. uh, Giancarlo Esposito, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, I can say I'm not crazy about him as the as the heavy in this. Mm. I like... I think it's... Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I think part of what made him work, and obviously Breaking Bad is the thing that kind of made him famous in, in modern times. Although he's, it was he in, um, he was in, uh, he played Bug Out in. Uh, yeah, so I, I keep the, calling him the, Grandma Spike Lee. Out. Was that in? Um, do the right. Do the right thing. thing? Okay. Um, so I mostly know him from Gus Fring in Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and uh, the. Part of the gimmick in Breaking Bad is that here he he looks like this mild mannered um, guy, you know, mild mannered chicken store manager, fast food manager. But here he is secretly, right. spoiler alert, the running this big criminal empire. Right. Yes. Pardon the pun, but I don't really get the same. In this, he seems kind of like uh, I don't know. He doesn't. It seems more like he's playing the chicken manager than the drug lord in this and i don't think it it doesn't seem as effective as it could 
Yeah. Your thoughts. I can see you saying, oh, well, that's part of what makes it intimidating is that he doesn't seem like he's, you right. know, it's, it's not like he's a tough guy. And that's kind of what almost makes it scarier. But I just, I never really. Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, unhinged warlord is, is I don't know. I, I would not, I'd rather see this than that. I like the kind of, you know, he's an imperial officer, but he's got a, you know, he's got a little combat armor there just in case. And he's also very. Yeah. You know, cold calculating. He's not a just like ah, like go. You know, um, you know, destroyer. He's he's. Uh, uh, I think it works for him. I like him. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Uh, well, hit, not going to try to convince you. You are, but we'll we'll. You know, luckily, this is the last episode of the season, so we'll have time to mm-hmm. to simmer. Um, and we'll know if he he doesn't come back. So, um, well, then we get uh, what he. When he uh, he reveals that he knows them all, that leads causes triggers a flashback in the the titular mm-hmm. Mandalorian. It's triggered, um, and uh, then they're like, "Wait, I thought you were a Mandalorian." And then they, there's a basically a uh, a conversation that a lot of uh, Star Wars fans might have had. <laughs> He's like, "Wait, I thought he was a Mandalorian." No, Mandalorian isn't a race. Like. And then, uh, then it flashes back to what we've been we've been getting glimpses of this flashback all along, but now we get kind of the extended flashback, the jam the hammer mix of uh, of uh, Din Djarin's flashback to being a baby as the uh, the Cylons roll through town and uh, they kill everybody. Um, his a couple of notes for this. One is. Um, uh, I would never just hide my kids in a cellar. Like, even if I would, like, it, it seems weird. Like, even if, like, there was impending doom, there were, like, killer robots running down the street, I don't mm-hmm. think I would ever just, like, put them in a hiding place and keep running. I, now, I, maybe maybe one of you could go hide with the two of them, and the other one could kind of, like, run off to try to lead the robots away. Yeah, something like that. But I, I feel like in Star Wars, a couple of times now, we've seen, like, oh, I'll hide my kid. That's the only way to save them. And it's like, that, that it seems irresponsible. Well, it doesn't seem parenting in the Star Wars universe admittedly seems like a very tough gig because uh, most of the parents we see don't get to raise their own children. And the ones they do, uh, they turn out to be like Ben Solo, who turns out to be a, you know, a a crazy evil guy. So you're kind of stuck in a no-win situation. Hmm. All right. I guess. Yeah, parenting uh, is different. I'm saying. Once you have space, once you have space travel, then everything becomes, you know. The nuclear families yeah. even become a little more distant. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> in every sense of the word. Then um, we also... So, so, so wait, so getting back to the whole creed, not a race thing. Right. Uh, that to me, I know it's kind of like, oh, that kind of simplifies it, but it also seems to make it a bit more confusing for me. How so? Because... Um, why do the all the Mandalorians hate him then? If he is, I thought he was kind of like there was kind of like a uh, a snob thing where they were like he's not a real Mandalorian, he's a foundling who's pretending to be a man. Like I'm heavy shock trooper, I'm a real Mandalorian. Like why are those guys? Why do they all hate him so much? If um, if uh, because I if that's the case, they were still born into it. Yeah, so it's not like everybody's a foundling. Like he's a foundling who got adopted into it, but they're you know the rest of them were born that way. So but they they're still they're still racist. Yes. Well, they're kind of creedist. 
No, wait. That's Grief Cargo. Well, I would, say it is, I would say it is race because they're saying he's not born a Mandalorian. He chose it. So. Right, but it's still, it's not a, it's not race. You know, there's a bunch of different races, assuming. So, like, he, like, if, if let's say Mandalorian and Cara Dune settled down on, um, and and had kids and they raised their kids in the Mandalorian tradition, uh-huh. then like their kids would be totally part of it. You know, they would be born that way. They'd be a whole thing. But he he he's a foundling, so he's not. But because he's an immigrant, everyone's like, oh, you're terrible. But once he has kids, yeah, exactly. his kids are. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but all those racist people died, so it's okay. Oh, spoilers. That's, that happens later in the episode. We found that out, but. Um, Wait, all which races people die? All the ones who were giving him guff, gruff, guff. So that that pile of things was supposed to be the end of the of supposed to be all the Mandalorians got killed. Anyway, we'll get yeah, to yeah. that. Um, um, I would never hide my kids. Then oh, and then uh, so they run off. They get presumably exploded right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he there's there he gets uh, we get uh almost one last version of the somebody's gonna kill the baby and then they get shot but it's uh it's a the one of the cylons is gonna kill uh the the uh young uh dinjarin but then he gets shot by here come the mandalorians again the cavalry they'll fly in they kill every they kill all the droids and we get this like Guitar solo, Dream Mandalorian. It's like, and it's like, like slow motion Boba Fett sticking out his hand. It's not Boba Fett. I'm glad it's not Boba Fett. I'm really glad. I was wondering if it was going to be, in fact, Boba Fett. Although yeah. I don't, obviously the, I don't think the timing would work. No. Um. Well, it could, right? Because it's if it was, let's say, I don't know, Pedro Pascal is probably what, close to forty. 30s hmm. um i think boba would be too young then so it's if it's like let's say it's 30 years ago that this flashback happens mm-hmm. and this is five years after jedi he was born in 19, 1975 pedro oh, pascal he's exactly my age look at that we should be friends we we, we, should. we like the same lunch uh, spots we yeah like star wars um well, i don't know if he likes star wars he does. Based on this, he's been, uh, he likes being in Star Wars, at least. <laughs> I've well, started yeah. following him on uh, uh, social media, on Instagram, and uh, it seems like he's having a ball. Plus, I believe he's Chilean. Mm-hmm. Chilean-born American actor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my uh, my grandmother, my mom's uh, family is from uh, Venezuela. So I could be like, hey, South America, we're cool. Wow. Uh, I always wonder why everyone confuses, gets you too confused for each other. Me and Pedro Pascal? Yeah. Because, you know, Pete means Pedro. That's another thing that we haven't Yeah, exactly. Together, you know, Pete. Pascal is uh, is a Portuguese for, oh no, he's Chilean, so uh, that's uh, Chilean for uh, retailer. Yeah. <laughs> Chilean for retailer. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we get to this, this kind of total cornball. I mean, it works within the it's corny, but I'm willing to allow it, and I know that some people probably thought that was the best. But this corny, like little literal, like heavy metal guitar, like like soft focus Mandalorian reaching out, 
Well, I think it does a good job of kind of conveying how, in his memory, yeah. this is kind of what it's like. Exactly. Like, we are- this super heroic, guitar solo, kind of cool-looking guy. I mean, I, you know, we don't really get too much into unreliable narrators uh, with Star Wars, uh, except for The Last Jedi. Um, but, you know, I wonder if we saw this from another point of view, if the Mandalorian would be much dingier and less cool-looking, you know. But because he was a little kid being rescued by this guy, he right. seemed like the the coolest uh, guy in the world. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm, I'm, yeah. It, it's yeah. corny, but I'll allow it. I, I, it works. Um, I also like that, that, that Mandalorian kind of has the same color scheme as the original toy Boba Fett, that kind of like mm. cool bluish gray kind of, uh, kind of tone yeah. to him. So once again, it's playing with action figures, the movie. Yes, exactly. Um, then I also, once they kind of zoom out and they, you know, he flies off, with the uh, with young little boy Mando, uh, little boy Jaren, uh, I I wondered for a second: is that Naboo? Because hmm. the architecture looked a little Nabooian to me. Hmm. But interesting. Yeah, I can see we'll that. Have to, we'll have to. I guess things will be revealed as we go. Um, it would be wait. It would be really cool if his. I uh, know it wouldn't. It would be. I again, don't, don't want to make the universe smaller, but uh, it would be really funny if his, if Din Jaren's father was, uh, what was his name Paolo, the the uh, <laughs> the guy that the guy that uh, Padme went to went to like democracy camp with. Uh huh. Yeah, that would be. I would like that. Well. Well, let's see. So, if Pedro Pascal is thirty-five, and when does this place take He's place? Not thirty-five. Um, He's forty-five. Uh, forty-five. Right. Correct. I know. He's um, me. <laughs> <laughs> really, he must be dead by now. <laughs> so he's forty-five, which means that he. Uh, what does? When does the Mandalorian take place? Like ten, nine years after five, Endor. Five years after. Five years Endor. So, um, for the sake of argument, we'll call that. I guess what is that? Three BB. So we're about eight BBY, nine BBY. Sure. Let's say ten. For let's make it nice and even. Okay, that means that the Mandalorian would have been born um, <clears throat> about midway. So he would have been born about thirty. Yeah, thirty. Bby. If he's if this if flashback is let's say if he's forty five, let's say he looks older than five here. So let's say this is thirty five years ago. Hmm. Um, but it's 10 ABY now. So take 10 off at Battle of Yavin. He would be, oh, this is Star Wars math at 10 at the Battle of Yavin around the Battle of Yavin. He would have been 35. He was born 35 BBY. Okay. So if he was, if he was born 35 BBY, what, what year did Phantom Menace happen? According to the Wikipedia, the Phantom Menace took place 32 BBY. Okay. So this is... That almost works, right? What year is... is so 32... So that, like, let's say if we knock a couple years, if we fudge it a tiny bit, then that works, right? If he's 42 or, or something like that? For him to be Paolo's ch- child. 
I don't know. Is that what we were figuring? <laughs> yeah, I know. This is a, a, a grand experiment going nowhere. Um, it's far too complicated. Uh, but yeah, so in my head canon, he is, uh, he is, um, was it Paolo? I don't even remember. Paolo. Paolo is the one from UN camp. Right. The diplomacy camp. Yeah. yeah. So I hope that that's him. Uh, that's his kid. Um, okay. So then we, And that he died at the hands of the uh, battle droids. Yeah, he got Paolo. killed by a Cylon, but his, his son is pretty cool. Hmm. Um... I don't even think those were his real parents. I think those were people who were taking care of him because uh, Obi-Wan was too busy to take care of his own child. So oh, okay. To hide the Mandalorian. Wow. We all used to play that game at parties, hide the Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, yep. Then, uh, so we, we snap out of the flashback uh, and we get the, uh, again, this is a big IG-88 battle scene. Uh, and again, this is totally like, you know, uh, like peak Star Wars toy battle action. You have like mm-hmm. you know, TIE Fighter, you've got IG-88 riding a speeder bike, you've got that, that cool, um, the cannon, the E-Web repeating blaster, mm-hmm. the one they set up in, in Hoff base that the snowtroopers used. Uh, you know, you've got Boba Fett, you've got, you know, you've got all this stuff of like, you know, like... The, the whole thing totally plays out. You know, you've got Ugnaughts, you've got, you know, this is totally like, I got I, I got a bunch of cool Star Wars toys for Christmas 1980, and, <laughs> and now I want to make a story out of it. Um, And, uh, you know, the, the like, if you look, like, because they have a similar, like, uh, like, basically, if you took the like the the kind of hair and and facial hair and skin tone even of the Lando action figure look enough like Giancarlo Esposito that it, mm. like you could even do that like I saw somebody took basically like an old Lando figure's head and put it on a you know a general veer's body <laughs> wow to make their own um Moff Gideon <laughs> Um, I'm assuming at some point they will make an action figure of Moff Gideon. Oh yeah, I hope that they make all this stuff vintage Kenner style, like like really rough sculpts, like but mm-hmm. but you know good you know stiff plastic, you know not like hyper articulated you know realistic yeah. sculpts. I I want them to make Mandalorian. I want uh, <laughs> give me feels with the toys of this, like make it make it old school. <laughs> Give me the, you know, the, the kind of the old Kenner kind of, uh, you know, card backs. When it comes to the fan service, you want, when it comes to the toys, you want unlimited fan service. Unlimited fan service. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> pile it on. Um, then, uh, so, yeah, one funny thing when IG-88 shows up, I thought of two, there's two things I thought of. Um, uh, one of them was, um, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Sorry, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Crusade. Okay. When um, when Sean Connery gets mad because um, uh, Indiana Jones and the the they brought the book oh, yeah. to exactly. the father, and I was like, why do you bring Baby Yoda to the Imperials? <laughs> that just seems kind of a weird. Like, why did yeah. they just leave? Why did he go back to the ship and <laughs> take off? Yeah, yeah. Um. But of course, it is cool seeing. But I also thought of raising Arizona because there's a scene where the, a bounty hunter is going around with a baby strapped to the front of his motorcycle. Right. Yeah. Killing everyone. So I thought of that uh, as well. 
Um, I don't think IG-88 understands how human baby, how uh, life babies work, that you can't just, like, having them strapped to the front of your chest in a gunfight is not the best. Uh, but he does cool, like, he's he's swiveling his torso to protect it at all times, which is cool. We get right. that kind of, yeah. you know, the way that we saw the IG droids work in the cartoons, he, here's, like, a live-action version of that, where he's, you know, all of his yeah. parts are basically, like, swivel, action, swivel arm battle yeah. grip. Hyper-articulation. Hyper-articulation. Yeah. Right. I don't want that on my figure. Remember, mm-hmm. you guys who are listening, <laughs> I want my IG-11 figure to be almost exactly the IG-88 figure. Ideally, you want it to be done out of one big piece of plastic with no no articulation. Well, um, arm joints. His arms can, you know, one joint at the arms, one flat. Okay. Kind of, what's that called? I don't know. Shoulder joint. Yeah, but... <laughs> But of like a flat one, not you know. He can't raise his arms; they can just go swing backwards and forwards, essentially. Oh, Got his it. neck can turn. That's another. Hmm. Didn't IG88's neck could turn? I think didn't. It? No, maybe not. I the original toy. I think it. I think it could. I know the the twelve inch could. Oh, that's what I want. I want these as Kenner twelve inch figures. Never mind. For whatever else I said, that's fine too. But Kenner style twelve inch figures. I want twelve inch figures of all these characters. It's inch, funny because IG-88 IG, IG was unusual in that he was, I think, other than, uh, was he the only Empire? Did Lando even get a 12-inch? I thought only one person from Empire got. I thought IG-88 might have been the only Empire figure in the original Kenner line. Of, well, uh, Boba Fett, but that was from the Holiday Special, of course. Yeah, that wasn't, that was, that was pre, pre, uh, um, pre-ESB. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else that, uh, well, they did a Yoda in that scale. Right. Later. And well later on they did tons of them, but um, Well I mean right, I mean in the original run, but I think I think the Empire oh. batch was basically I think Yoda and um IG eighty eight and Boba Fett. Hmm. Anybody else? I don't know. Anyway. Um so, so the Mandalorian is injured. Yes. And we get a very, very cliche. I'm not going to make it. I won't leave you scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, that that's kind of boring. <laughs> and because uh, you also like, I don't know. I mean, because the show kind of laid out what it is. Like if this was episode, mm-hmm. you know, two or three, mm-hmm. I might be like, oh, is he going to die here? And then somebody else is going to take a new movie? No. We, we, we've we already hit we've already established that the show kind of deals heavily in cliches and so I know that uh, you know he's not going to die here there was a brief time uh, there was a brief cargo where I was thinking that oh I wonder if this is the kind of thing where he is going to die and then you know since they made a point of saying that it's a creed that anyone can be a Mandalorian that that it would be his armor would be passed on to someone else but you who in so the second in se- second season? Grief oh, I don't or, know. I don't know. Caradoon. That's a. I I feel like there wasn't a character like built up enough. Like if if they hadn't killed uh, um, Space Carnival and he was still with them mm-hmm. and was still like yeah. vaguely untrustworthy, but here yeah the the Mandalorian looked like he was going to die. I'd be like oh, Space Carnival is going to take over. He's going to be the new right. Mandalorian for next season. But there was no, um, I, I, not once but, for a second did I think that that was going to happen. 
Yeah, the whole whole leave me behind, I'm too injured, that thing, that's like, uh, that guy's got whiskers on it. Yeah. Pretty old. Uh, And at the same time, Um, we get the flame trooper shows up um, and goes to burn them out, as uh, as, uh, Moff Gideon says. And uh, Baby Yoda does a force fire block, Hmm? which um, is not inconsistent with what uh you know i i it I, it's not so much it's like a, an extrapolation of force powers that we've seen essentially i'm not it doesn't doesn't drive me crazy have we never seen a uh force like firewall like that no i don't think so i think of what other similar um things um I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. But uh, but then that also then it, it does double duty of uh, <laughs> not only uh, saving them, but also then takes away the narrative of okay, well, Baby Yoda is just going to heal the Mandalorian, and then we're going to move on because mm-hmm. he he uses his you know his Force abilities that round were used doing uh, protect from fire. Oh right. And then he passes so, out. And so it's like, oh, well, what? How are they gonna? How are they gonna get out of this one? And uh, I wish Yoda still passed out every time he did a force thing. Like he when he had a, ret- a refraction period where he was like, he had to rest for ten minutes after. Well, that's know. all Jedi should have that. That's that's my my complaint with you know everybody can just kind of like lift people up and throw them around or move giant piles of rocks and move you know they can stop spaceships in mid flight, but it doesn't take anything out of them. They're just like casually doing this thing stopping a, mm. you know freezing people in their tracks and lifting them and spinning them around and it doesn't like they can do it without even looking at them like that's not the, yeah that's not how the force works anyway. uh yeah i guess um i guess luke uh luke died from it he did it so hard yeah so that's that's a, a, a uh, I mean, rare example anybody who hasn't seen the last jedi i guess you know what? If you haven't seen, if you're listening to this and have not seen the Last Jedi yet, you deserve to have it spoiled. Yeah, it's been a year, more than a year. Come it's on, it's like already a year digital Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So then, uh, um, everybody else uh, jumps into the sewer. Um, Cara Dune makes IG Eleven promise that he'll bring them along, and uh, they um, basically again, it it. it Took me back to playing with action figures because it's like, oh, I'm shot. Like, oh, here's the medicine. Oh, okay, live back into normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's literally like like IG IG eleven just gives them a back to spray, and it's like this will make you better. Yeah, um, but this is where we get the the him without his helmet, the, which the titular reveal. Um, I mixed feelings about because it it works within the context here, especially because you know they've built it up that oh he doesn't trust droids because a droid killed his family and <laughs> then he's like no i can't you know no no living thing has seen me which is like a setup <laughs> like no living thing has seen me without my yeah. helmet no man has ever seen right me. yeah i am no man exactly that's um, why jd took off his head and revealed that he was empty nest the whole time yep yeah. uh the uh but yeah so so we, I, I was, you know, the the boldness of having him go through a whole season without taking off his helmet, I would have liked, but I get mm-hmm. it. 
I get it. You know, just a brief thing here, and it's a, it establishes the trust thing that they, you know, it's character growth and it works. I'm, so I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, do you think at, maybe when they did this, they didn't they didn't know if they were going to be doing a second season, so they're like, well, we have to at least because it does kind of wrap up in a sense. No, it, it they totally knew that they were doing a second season like before they were done with the first season. Right. Right. I was just wondering why. Anyway. Uh, I don't have any problems. I thought the reveal was done. If they had to do it, I thought it was done as well as it could have been. I, I like the fact that he looked kind of pathetic and uh, and sad underneath it. Right. You know, like his he he definitely had helmet hair, and you know, obviously he was injured, so he had like a bloody nose and stuff. But you know, he looked very um, he he looked very he looked pathetic underneath it. Like he looked just kind of like a regular like, guy. He didn't look like my friend Pedro. <laughs> I'm just saying he just looked really pathetic like <laughs> no I just thought he was I just thought he looked kind of uh, you know it wasn't like a um, you know he took off his helmet and he looked so cool and t- like a tough guy underneath he looked you know he looked injured under it so uh, so I like that that they didn't uh, try to make him look uh... I was pictured with a mustache though right hey I think like a big Tom selleck mustache uh, just as a character or just like from his previous appearances? I guess from his previous appearances, right. but also now his, uh, his, uh, like you just, so, you just yeah. think that that, uh, that character deserves a mustache. Like he's a mustache kind of guy, the, the Jinjarin or whatever. I feel like when I hear him speaking, I feel like the presence of a mustache. Maybe it's just, mm-hmm. it's impacting his voice, a tiny percentage where, you know, you're like, well, that's the mustache speaking. <laughs> that's your mustache speak <laughs> um anyway anyway the, the helmet reveal i'm yeah. i'm okay with it then he gets he gets sprayed with miracle whip <laughs> and uh you know miracle healing hey mayo it's mayo <laughs> uh then he then they follow the team into the um into the sewers they go looking around for the Mandalorians, the his his coven. They find a, a pile of helmets, and I think that was yeah. That as they said, that's the his uh, his tribe, his local uh, the local brotherhood of Mandalorian workers um, has all been wiped out by the Empire. Uh, I thought didn't didn't um, grief make a point of saying that as soon as the Mandalorian left, all the fighting stopped? No, he said as soon as the Mandalorian left, that the, the Bounty hunters didn't care, but the Imperials were still after them. Oh, okay. that's why he wants the Imperials out of there too, because they're they're wrecking stuff for everybody. But he said, like, as soon as he said the the bounty hunters didn't do this, because as soon as you know, there was there was no, they're just after the bounty. They're they're not gonna they're not taking it personally. They're not gonna go kill a bunch of people without getting paid for it. But I thought at that point there weren't that many, weren't as many stormtroopers. Well, then they brought in more, right? That was the whole thing. But That's didn't why they, they, did, the the planet is didn't they f- teeming with Imperials? But didn't they leave as soon as their coven? I thought when when uh, Mando was leaving back in Episode Three, he's like, "You're gonna have to find a new right. uh, hiding space," and he's like, "You know, that's it, it is the way." Right. But I, I guess they they all they just stuck it out and they got killed. I I think I, maybe most of them left, and then these are just the ones that were the stragglers. Yeah. Well, one of the stragglers, we get a return of the um, 
the Mandalorian uh, blacksmith. Mandalori. Um, <laughs> Mandalori Laughlin. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, yeah, we get, uh, um, she still doesn't have a name, but she was a cool character. I, I, her first, when she first showed up, it was a little too fantasy for me and, uh, mm-hmm. I still is a little bit, but I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I accept her. I like her character. Uh-huh. I like her as a character. So, um, but the, uh, so she, she, they run into her. She's kind of collecting all the armor, you know, that seems like, uh, I mean, maybe it's not all Beskar. Maybe it's all, you know, just kind of generic, um, you know, off, off the shelf armor, but it seems like, like uh-huh. if, if that, um, Camtono of Beskar was enough to, you know, was a ridiculous amount of, of payment for the initial job. Seems like there'd be at least that much was just lying around on the floor from Dead Mandalorians, no? But maybe it's not like yeah, maybe it's not a Beskar. I thought she was like um, melting it down into like bricks, you know, so that it yeah. should be easier for her to transport or something. Yeah, but it, it, it's weird that they would just leave that there if that's. I don't know. Right. Um. But, maybe maybe uh, Mandalorian Laughlin was just she was planning on taking it all, but then once they came there and busted her, she was like, "Yes, this is the sacrifice. I'm not taking any of this Beskar with me." Oh no, I think she is. Started I think life. she's definitely she's she says, "I'm not going to leave here until I'm done." Basically, you know, like collecting everything and ref- you know, she wants to keep all the stuff as part of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the tribe, she was going to keep it for herself. Yeah. A down payment on a house, right there. Um, but she, um, yeah, then she also has kind of like the lore and she's, you know, the, you know, she's very much, you know, the, uh, the referee, the, the, the rules keeper of being like, well, you know, this is the way, um, she has this kind of, you know, um, they show her the baby Yoda and she, again, the weird kind of disconnect between, Okay, well, you know, literally, like going back, like we we just we just stepped back, you know, approximately how old, you know, if if um the titular Mandalorian was born around the same time as as the Phantom Menace. Mhm. Um then the like they're they're really shouldn't you know like it shouldn't be like oh you know legendary like i heard a long time ago there were the a, a race of these things you know the our people fought uh, these these creatures called jedi and it's like well that was around when i was born you know it's not like we've talked about this a lot in different things there seems to be this you know kind of real disconnect between the the kind of like okay well how who knows what about the Jedi? It seems like they were, you know, the guardians of of peace and justice throughout the galaxy until suddenly everybody forgot about them instantly. Like at the end of, uh, you know, uh, uh, execute order sixty six, and everybody's like, oh, "What Jedi? I don't know anything about Jedi." Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. If anything, if anything, everyone's opinion of the Jedi should be that they tried to overthrow the government. Right. You know what I mean? Everyone should be like, oh, remember when the Jedi tried to kill the kill the the Chancellor? Yeah. Like that everyone's attitude should be anti Jedi, not that they've never heard of them before. Right. Yeah, I'm not like you know, like you, you wouldn't be like I don't know. 
I'm trying to. I'm trying to the kind of hippies. Gauge. Yeah, exactly. Or like like Soviets. <laughs> like a long time ago, there was something called uh, like. It's a weird kind of like obviously people know about them. They would be. I mean, if they were erased from history books, sure. But there are a lot of people who are still alive from that era. I mean, titular Mandalorian included. Like he would, he shared the Earth with, you know, not the Earth, but he was alive in the galaxy for a good amount of time. That the the Jedi were still guardians of peace and justice throughout the galaxy or whatever. Yeah, like even when. You know, his flashbacks are happening. Theoretically, the the Jedi were still the guardians of peace. And anyway, yeah, some there's it's a huge plot hole that eventually they're going to have to come up with a uh, an Easter egg to to solve it. Yeah, they're going to come up with an Easter egg to explain it. Yeah. An Easter egg is the only thing that can that can plug a plot hole. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. So they they you know, she tells this story about you know the what. You know, the, the long time, which also kind of then uh, it it kind of verifies this something we haven't had in canon. I, I don't believe unless I mean, some of it might have been in Clone Wars and fill me in on if this is in Clone Wars or Rebels. But the um, I guess it all is because uh, the the fact that uh, there were battles between Jedi and Mandalorians a long time ago. That's all. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all established, and uh, I mean that was all kind of a rumored thing, right? But then that's all. That all is is really in uh, Rebels or something. The Clone Wars did a bunch of episodes about man, and Rebels too did a bunch of stuff about Mandalore. And I would be lying if I said I kept it all straight. Okay. So, uh, well, then it would not surprise me if there was an anti Jedi stage or something, right? Uh, well, then the the titular Mandalorian sums it up nicely and he says you expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers <laughs> which does it's good you know like okay and then uh, well when you when you say it like that it yeah. sounds dumb but <laughs> and I love that her response is it was only like this is the way <laughs> um yeah the Mandalorians have a really um like strict thing like in, you have to keep any foundling you found unless you can bring it to their race. What is it that the, like they're very specific about right. when you can and can't get rid of this baby? So uh, basically, if she if he can return it to his an, another Yoda, right? If he if he if he can return it to a family of Yodas before uh, like Mandalorian time, <laughs> like before when they would normally begin <laughs> training. Oh right. Then yeah. he can return it to them, and then that's fine. But if he's still if he's still in the possession of Baby Yoda when Mandalorian training would normally begin, mm-hmm. um, then he has to train it, and it's his forever now. Well, how do they know how? But Baby Yoda's already fifty years old. I know they should like they should have a scene where they go through his wallet and they're like, "Oh, look, he's way past the uh, training time." He's not young enough. He's um, <laughs> how would you say too elderly? Yeah, there too elderly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder if Baby Yoda gets mail from like AARP. <laughs> um, so yeah, then they uh, they they're, they're like, all right, well, this is the thing that he's got to take him and and you know try to find his his people, and uh, thus is the quest. It's season two set up, right? Season two. Uh, and then again, there's like 
her whole thing and and a little bit of the Mandalorian kind of as a uh you know as a as a as a ethos um kind of bothers me because it veers way fantasy but um when she's like are you trained in the rising phoenix and then he's like <laughs> oh, a little bit uh and she's like all right well here and you're gonna need this and gives him his jetpack uh but then says something about like oh until you know it it will it will not obey your commands or something like that and the whole thing like i thought for a second i'm like this, this totally reeks of like harry potter and i was like that makes sense like if you're if you want to keep star wars relevant like throw in little bits of harry potter so the kids you know like you're not going to go wrong by being more like harry potter i don't think <laughs> if you want to if you want to keep people invested in star wars well, yeah, it's kind of the way uh, that fam- that Simpsons started imitating Family Guy, like, right? Like that yeah. kind of yeah, thing, exactly. Um, but it's weird because it doesn't she say like, "Oh, it's going to take you a while to learn this," and isn't he flying around on it like in within a few minutes? <laughs> yeah, it, that that doesn't come back. You know, I thought that was going to be a, like we're going to get a scene of him just you know flying around all crazy or something like that. Yeah. He should have gotten the backpack in the first, in the very first time, and then not been able to successfully use it. And now, yeah, and not been, and then when IG eighty eight's like, I can't take this any, like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he get, and then he would do it. So, uh, but it is weird that, that both times, like you said, it's like Q and James Bond, where yeah. if 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 she introduces, you, gives you a new weapon, you will use that weapon before the episode is uh, is over. Right. Um. And then, so then they take off, uh, the stormtroopers, he, he gets his sigil, he gets his oh, sigil yeah, gets also his sigil. of the, uh, which again, of the, um, um, I'm thinking that, that one is, isn't as much marketing, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I know for a fact that, uh, I, I would bet you money that, uh, somebody already ran out and got that tattooed on their arm. Hmm. Um, well, I don't know. It's, if this dropped, you know, a couple hours ago, maybe, maybe they're, tattoo place wasn't open yet but i bet i bet before the end of the year people will have that tattoo of the the mudhorn sigil mm. all right i i uh i'd be a fool to take that bet so i think i think you're probably correct um and oh so then uh, and again any we have to see if uh, any mandalorian figures have that on it or not I'm assuming that they will, which is why a lot of the stuff wasn't like they wanted to wrap everything up before they released right. stuff, which is why it wasn't available for Christmas. They mm-hmm. totally should have done a Mandalorian early bird, uh, you know, gift pack, whatever. They should have sold an empty box. Yeah. Again, <laughs> where you get that would have been retro. Yeah, that would have been, been fan totally. service. <laughs> um. So they they split. Do you think we'll see will we see um how many baby Yodas will we see at um oh, celebration, celebration this year? Too many. We, I want to I'm assuming by by then they will have come out with like a easy to apply like cap with Yoda ears on it for ba- I'm, I'm sure they have that already but uh Oh yeah, they both will have a baby Yoda kit for babies so that we don't have to put makeup on a baby carrying face. around baby Yodas. That we get a lot yeah, of people, too. you know, it's a perfect, again, uh, it's a perfect thing for, you know, how many people are we going to see dressed as titular Mandalorian with their, you know, their kid in a snuggly, in a, in a, you know, baby Bjorn with the, with a little, yeah. with a little Yoda, baby Yoda hat on. 
Um, I will give extra credit for people who do IG-88. Right. IG-11 with the Baby Yoda. Right. You'll get more points. Or, um, you know, any of the other... If, you, if you're Space Amy Sedaris or Agnolti or anybody. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who... Who would I... Like, who's my most uh, likely... The perfect balance of, like, obscure and doable for me to cosplay from this. I don't think I would... I think I would, I would dip into other. I think there's better options from like the movies and stuff still, but um, I don't know. I, I I'm excited that the, I bet there will be a lot of because it's fairly easy. Um, I bet there'll be a lot of um Space Amy Sedaris cosplay. Mm. Mm-hmm. The celebration coming coming up this summer, which I think would be great. Um, and probably a lot of Cara Dunes. Oh yeah. yeah. Um the um let's see. Oh, so yeah, they they split. The armor is left to her own devices. The stormtroopers come in to get her and uh beats them up. Yeah, I, I as much as I uh, you know, I get bored of uh of a lot of action scenes, like I was pleased that this wasn't just, you know, she's sitting there to die honorably. That seemed like a very fantasy trope kind of, you know, Klingon mm-hmm. thing that was like, all right. And then in, she's, you know, sitting there with her tools kind of, you know, silently. And I thought the stormtrooper is totally just going to go in there and kill her. And that, you know, this is the way. But instead, she just totally turns around and uses blacksmithing tools to just wipe out that little you know, squad of stormtroopers, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a really good fight scene. We we even get to see a shattered stormtrooper helmet, which is cool. Yeah. Um, And then she goes back to her business. Uh, yeah, she got a costumes to smelt yeah. <laughs> um then they uh they the the mandalorian gang goes down uh they they go out and they find the lava river which takes them out to the makes sense that we saw the lava plains so whatever the lava fields earlier which is close to where the ship was parked so um i'm, I'm okay with a lava river headed out there the fact that there's a boat that can navigate the lava river is a little bit weird Wait, isn't this a different planet that the lava fields were on? No. Right? They they parked out on the side and they went into this is all happening on uh This is a, so this is all on uh, so originally Ugnolti's planet was the same planet that um that the city that uh No. Feltapurn that the uh, grief lives on? No. I don't think so, right? But isn't this the grief planet? The lava fields were in. Isn't this Navarro? Didn't they go Navarro. back to Navarro? Yeah. To, but Ug, the the Ugnot, he didn't live on Navarro. No, did he? he? No, but he didn't have the lava fields, did he? The lava fields were. After I thought that was landed. a scene. Hmm. I thought in the second episode, maybe I'm thinking of the. Oh yeah. Anyway, we'll assume you're right. After I thought left. I remember them walking across the lava field in the, in that episode where they first got on the Blurgs, but maybe it was just when they... Uh, right, because they brought the Blurgs right. with them, which is how they got across yeah. the lava field in okay. the last episode. That might, that's what might be throwing me off. Um, uh, it's we, I think it's kind of <laughs> I think it's kind of silly that there's an underground lava river underneath their bar, but I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to overlook it just because it's it's uh it's a very Star Warsy type of you know adventurey right. thing to have a lava river underneath. It feels like the the fumes from that would kill everybody in the uh 
in the city, but uh, right. Anyway, well, maybe that. But uh, the I lava like the I like off the poop smell. Mm, so that's why all, they're all. they can events. Yeah. Uh, I like the River Sticks thing with the with the astromech droid kind of being the uh, yeah the the Charon the uh, boat um, yeah. Although wait, guide. first we get to, <laughs> as soon as they see it, uh, um, grief says this is the Lava River, and I wrote thanks, Rick Olier. <laughs> obviously, the stream of lava that's flowing past it with a boat in it yeah. is the Lava River. <laughs> Um, don't let the name don't let the name fool you. It's actually a magma river. <laughs> um, is it Pohoyhoy or uh uh-uh. uh? Um, uh uh-uh. uh. The um, uh-uh. the yeah. Then we get to the they they free the boat. They start moving, and all of a sudden the uh, the ferryman comes to life. And I I don't know how I feel about. It. I kind of like it, but I don't know how I feel about the uh, um. The R2 unit suddenly sprouting arms and legs, which makes sense, you know, in a way. But it also then going back to, you know, oh, this this totally seems like kids playing with toys. Oh, I guess they also got the mm-hmm. Droid Factory for Christmas. <laughs> I liked it just because it was kind of um, weird and creepy. Yeah. It's just kind of like suddenly it, it, it added to the sort of dreamlike feeling of the, of the scene to have this... Um, uh, you know, weird, uh, you know, altered droid. Right. I liked it. And it, it makes and Especially sense. since it keeps going and it's still standing up with no head and everything. I was, right. I was kind of disappointed it wasn't still paddling with no head. That would have been a nice, uh, nice little, uh, detail. It, it makes sense that the, uh, no, D-head, not detail. It makes sense that the, um, you know, you would have different, you know the arms are extra, basically. You know, so if you needed that yeah. that same, I don't know why it's an astromech droid. You know, but it, it, in a sense, it's navigating. Um, it, in the original sense, it's navigating. Mm-hmm. So, I guess you would it, having different extremities. You know, kind of modular arms and legs would make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I get it. It's just it struck me as weird. I, I wasn't sure how I how I felt about it, but I do like the the kind of Charon thing. You're right. I guess I don't understand why it is there. Is there that much lava river traffic that they have to have a, a boat with a droid on it? Yeah, I guess It so. doesn't seem like it goes anywhere. It just goes out to like the back. It's not like it takes you to like a, a dock or anything. Well, he can probably go back around and maybe it goes through the whole, you know, it's like the monorail. It takes you to all the different... It's like a, um, like a lazy river. Lazy lava river. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then... Uh, IG-88 goes out to... IG-11 goes out to meet his fate. Yeah. Well, they got... Uh, there's a good... Uh, uh, you know, it, it's a good callback to him wa- constantly wanting to self-destruct in the first episode. Mm-hmm. That comes back. Um, and he... I, I would assume that you find this is a fate much more befitting because <laughs> he kind of unceremoniously got killed in the first episode. And then, like... Literally, you know, going out, like exploding while you walk through lava is definitely much more of a of a hero kind of like, you know, blaze of glory kind of death. Yeah. In a way, I prefer the first death, if only because I was like, well, he'll come back from that. Yeah. But this one, it doesn't seem like he's he's not coming no. back. Oh, we shan't recover from that. No, but I, I do like the um, that it was a, a callback to him constantly wanting to self-destruct that that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, that that was a uh, a good, you know, kind of extended version of uh, of Chekhov's gun in a sense. 
Um, Wrong show. But uh, then he takes out the the squad of stormtroopers, and then uh oh, here comes um, Moff Gideon uh, flying around in Sci Fighter with no helmet, which is you know again that's uh, not safe. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Empire is not not about safety. Should he have had a helmet that was like a distinctive? Should he, if he was going to wear a helmet, should it just be a standard superhero flying helmet, or should it be like a, you know, like a standard superhero helmet, but it would have horns or some kind of like thing to let you know that he's the bad guy? Right, the way that Darth Vader's Tie Fighter had bent wings, so you knew it yeah. was him. Yeah, he used to totally have yeah. a, a a Tie Fighter pilot helmet, but with different. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that was if that was intentional or if it was subliminal, but you just said a superhero helmet. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional, but yeah, more or less. Um, and uh, so here he comes, kind of strafing them with the with his Tie Fighter. Um, we get a, a little comedy blip where uh, Grief Karga says, "Let's make the baby do the magic hand thing," <laughs> which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but instead, we uh, the he's enough time has passed. The Polaroid has been developed. The titular Mandalorian can use his jetpack, so he flies up and. And again, this is totally, you know, let's play with toys kind of a thing. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it's the, the whole show is like, what if Boba Fett really was cool? Um, yeah. And, yeah, this was a cool, this is a cool sequence, him shooting the rope and, yeah. you know, flying. It seems wildly impractical. It, it does not seem like a good system for the Mandalorian. Right. Well, because, like, what's he going to do? Assuming he opened up the cockpit and shot Gus Fring, what, then they just plummet to the earth? Well, he can fly away. I guess so. Yeah. yeah, I guess he wants to stop him from escaping. Or stop him from menacing, but, uh, you know. Yeah. But also, could um, could Gus Fring just fly up into space? Hmm. Is, is the Mandalorian's helmet airtight? No. I don't think it is, because no. he's always, you know, he's not like... So, I think that would probably... Uh, hmm. That could have done it. But, but Gus Fring's not wearing a helmet either, so maybe that's... He can't go into space because he doesn't have his helmet on. Oh, weird. That seems short-sighted on both of their parts. Mm. I still think that he could probably survive higher up than the Mandalorian could. It's true. He is in a ball. Yes. Um, that, uh, so yeah, he, uh, he... The ship crashes and he dies. Yep. He blows him up. They blow him up. Mandalorian lands safely and uh, like instantly nobody's just like, oh my God, are you okay? They're all just like, well, I'm going to, uh, you know... Here's the rest of my character's story. I'm going to stay here and do this. Now here, I'm going to stay here and do this. And like, you can come back anytime you want because the, you know, you're back, you know, the guild is okay with you. And like this whole thing, you know, everybody just like stands there kind of like giving future exposition essentially. Yeah. Um, for a little bit. And, uh, you know, the Mandalorian uh, and Baby Yoda go on their way. Uh, they get back in the ship in the, the Silver Hawk, whatever. And they uh, turns out uh, the the baby Yoda stopped at the Mandalorian gift shop and got the Boba Fett necklace. Um, <laughs> now, was there any significance to that? Had we seen it earlier in the season or something? Not in the season, I don't think. But in that episode, he basically took it and was like, "All right, well, this is the sigil. Like, you know, this will this will uh, basically get you safe passage." You know, he put it on the baby Yoda to say, "Like, all right, if I don't go with you guys, like if I sit here and die, you take the baby." 
show them this, let them, oh, let them know okay. that I was, you know, I, it's my job to make sure he's safe and they'll make sure he's safe. And this is proof that you talk to me. Got it. Uh, but yeah, again, that's another like, well, let's get that, you know, I can see, you know, uh, I, I, the Hallmarks tour or whatever is all over that. Uh, Galaxy's Edge, yeah. Yeah, they're all like, they're like, oh, let's get those into production right now. Like, can't wait to sell a million of those for 20 bucks. Um, and uh, so they have their cute moment. They fly off into season two. And then again, it's like, it's just like Solo. <laughs> more like <laughs> Solo than Rogue One. Rogue One, at least it was more kind of, I don't know, mixed into the plot a little bit. Uh, but you know, you know, I, I complain at the end of solo that it's just like, we almost got through the movie without a lightsaber. And then like, for some reason, uh, Kira had to just like call Darth Maul on the phone for him to ignite his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And this, it's like, we almost made it out of the season of the Mandalorian without a lightsaber. And then, you know, I, I like the little, like, you know, um, Moff Gideon will return. You know, I like the little like you know, uh -huh. you know, Ming the end question mark. You know, Ming's hand coming out of the pile like that kind of ending. I was, ex I was yeah. expecting it. It's totally cliche, but I love it in this. Except for the fact that he cuts his way out of the Tie Fighter with and I, and like I my note is just like oh that's not the freaking dark saber is it? <laughs> and I looked it up and I'm like of course <laughs> it is. Like the one thing that I like the the the. I'm okay. I like lightsabers and I, I want, you know, like, but I just don't want them in everything, but I do not yeah. like, like the very concept of dark saber is so like, like, like that's a bridge too far. It's so like, like fantasy novel, like garbage to me to borrow a phrase mm -hmm. from our friend Radke and who, who loves the dark saber, I'm sure. Um, but th that for that, not only is it a lightsaber, but it's like, like this, the, uh, like it's an even cooler lightsaber. No, it's it's like like what if there was a lightsaber but it was black? Like oh, like been the and Boba Fett's have had it. Like a whole bunch of Boba Fett's <laughs> made a black lightsaber. Like that's the ah, uh, that's exactly what I don't want out of this. And like lo and behold, here's the here's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that just that like one like we almost made it too. It's literally the last mm -hmm. you know like the last minute of of the season and it. Uh, Ah, <laughs> I, can't, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it. Hmm. We never do learn why he wants the baby Yoda still. No. Which again, if this was, if this was a movie, everybody would be complaining that, you know, they yeah. didn't explain everything. And there were all these, there'd be think pieces about here, are all the questions left unanswered by the Mandalorian, but they, 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 plot holes, you mean? Yeah. But that's, uh, you know, I'm glad I want, you know, that that's, let's find out more. That makes me want more. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, again. It's a good tied up the storyline as it is with leaving a lot of questions, leaving us want to like come back for more for next season. Um, I feel like most people will be very satisfied with this ending. Um, and people yeah. who are into should please fans of the genre, people who are into the 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 new canon kind of you know like Clone Wars and Rebels stuff, the Filoni um stuff will be happy that that stuff is, is making its way into the live action realm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah. Also, I, I, I don't know that, that, uh, that whole thing just threw me enough that it was like, I don't know how I feel about this now. I don't know if I, just from that sword prospect, wow. the whole, the whole show, <laughs> tear it all that down. Was a deal breaker. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. 
So, um, it even, it looks like a cartoon, like it almost, you know, in a cartoon, it's kind of, okay, that almost works. But like in live action, it just looks like he's holding a cartoon. Like it might as well be like, like, you know, like you might have a giant, you know, cartoon mallet, like, like a Roger Rabbit kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, I like the way it looked. I felt it looked kind of like it was like a rotoscoped. And I yeah. think that gave it a kind of weirdness that I, I kind of, I kind of liked the way it looked. So I'm not as anti dark saber as, uh, as you are. So. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it is weird that he has one. Well, there's the one. Apparently, there's only the one. Well, but I mean, just the fact that like everyone has lightsabers still. Not everyone has. I know they're still supposed to be rare, but like uh, that gets back to the thing. Like, where does everyone think all these lightsabers came from? If there's if there are no such thing as as Jedi, right? But well, they haven't seen them really, right? They haven't. Nobody. Nobody's I had. Them. Guess so. He. I. I would understand. He would. Plot wise, it would make. It would be okay. Like you know, he's a. He's from ISB. So like you know the the Imperial. What is it? Security. Basically, like the you know, Imperial CIA. Right. Uh, so or you know so he would have access to that kind of a thing. You know he would, all the kind of you know secret ops and and you know yeah like he would. He would obviously be exposed to that kind of a thing, and it, it plot-wise, it makes sense. Other than the fact that I hate it. <laughs> so overall, what would you, uh, if someone were to say to you, "Hey, uh, what'd you think of the Mandalorian?" What would your, what would your capsule review be? Uh, <laughs> what I'm doing right now, I'd shake my head and be like, "I don't know." <laughs> um, do you, you know, I think overall it was overall I would say positive. I would say it's definitely worth watching. It w- I think it. I think the series lags a bit in the middle there, culminating or or reaching its nadir in the seven uh, seven samurai one. But even that, that's not that bad. It's just kind of familiar and, right. and a bit dull. But um, yeah, I would definitely say that if you're a Star Wars fan, you should check it. I out. I mean, even if you know my my. Um, my in-laws, uh, my brother-in-law's here for the holidays and my in-laws, um, he's been watching it with them and, um, you know, they're all, uh, you know, they like Star Wars, but they're fairly casual. Um, mm-hmm. like they haven't seen a lot of the new movies, I don't think, but they're really enjoying the, the show so here. far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, overall I think, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's good. And I would explain it as basically like, you know, it's just like, you know, people my age playing with action figures. <laughs> it's a romp. Yeah. Um, but also, like, there. Then you know, if it gets too steeped in this other stuff, I, I might. Uh, I would. I would add a note of caution. Hmm. <laughs> then, like, well, I, you know, there might be a bunch of fantasy BS like that's savers. about to show up. So I don't know. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. I think too. I think to regular people, that's like that's that's like saying. Uh, you know, you might not want to watch Star Wars because there's a couple of robots in it. Like people, I think most people think of Star Wars as being very fantasy. Yeah, but it goes to like the, that's why it's good because it's you know science fiction with a little tiny touch of like a sprinkle of fantasy. Yeah, it's a science fiction cookie mm-hmm. with like you know fantasy sprinkles. And now mm-hmm. we're getting like you know a whole bunch of it's becoming too fantasy, and the science fiction is just becoming the sprinkles. You get a tummy ache from all the sprinkles. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully next season. I wonder what the plot of next season will be. Uh, I'm probably he's just trying to find the, the planet. He's trying to find where do all these baby Yodas come from, and he has to go talk to and uh, you know the space doctor Joyce brothers essentially, who tells him where baby Yodas come from. 
When a mommy Yoda and a daddy Yoda love each other very much. They go out and find a lost yeah, baby. Suddenly there's wizardry and sorcery and codified mythology. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to be grumpy about that all day. Later today, I'm going to go see um, Rise of Skywalker again. So maybe that'll make me feel better. All right, hopefully they'll cheer you up a bit. Uh, so this, I guess, will be our last Mandalorian until uh, season two. I think maybe we'll, we might want to do um, one or two, uh, essentially like hiatus episodes from our regular show, just in between. We might go visit, hmm. talk to some of our friends uh, and do kind of an yeah. overall se- season one recap with them and see what they thought. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good idea. You guys uh, have listened to Star Wars Minute. You know, we have some some regulars that we might lean on for uh, for some opinions. But we're not strong. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I, you know, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I really like having a weekly Star Wars show to, uh, and I, this is where everybody's like, but what about, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels and, and Resistance? Um, not the same. Live action. Yeah. Live action. Yeah, I like having a live action Star Wars show and I like having it be kind of part of the zeitgeist. I like the, you know, seeing everybody get excited about it when it drops. I'm glad they didn't just drop the whole thing as one season. Uh, yeah, I, I like the I like the weekly release schedule. I like the um, overall. I think it's well done, and I like having it. And I'm I'm excited to see more. Will you keep Disney uh, Plus? Yeah, I need it. I've got kids. <laughs> mm, that's true. Um, what about All right? You? Why are you? Uh, are there? A, is there enough stuff to keep you on Disney Plus until some point next year? I do not know. That is a good question. I, unless they add some more stuff, I would say maybe not. Hmm. Just because there's some stuff on it, but I mean, I guess the advantage of it is that it's very cheap. It's like, it was like six bucks a month or something. Yeah. So, um, but if it, you know, if they start doing the stuff where they start splitting it up into tiers, pre, pre yeah, to, into tiers, then they're going to see my tiers as I say, goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. They're going to be the ones with tears, as I say. Goodbye. There you go. That's better. Um, yeah, it's um, overall. I, I can't wait to see some of the other stuff that they come out with. I'm uh, yeah. I'm in a very uh, um, this has nothing to do with Mandalorian, but uh, the other day I was uh, waiting. Uh, my wife took the kids to bed, and uh, well, let's save this for a weekend edition. This is more of a weekend edition okay. story. Oh, a little but, teaser there. Nice. I like it. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to hear the weekend edition, uh, which is you know our general Star Wars talk uh, every week, if you like the weekly release schedule of the Mandalorian, but you want it to be more kind of two nerds talking about Star Wars, why not sign up for our Patreon? If you liked this season, reward us with some money. That's our favorite reward. Reward. Um, Republic credits, you know, Beskar, uh, whatever, whatever kind of uh, currency you're dealing in spice we'll, we'll even take mon calamar flan <laughs> yeah oh man it's delicious um but uh yeah that's at uh starwarsminute.com slash patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n um and that uh that'll bring you to that we've we've got you know 200 and some odd uh weeks episodes worth uh more than that because we've got a bunch of uh of weekend review shows which we we supplement with so there's yeah there's a bunch of back catalog you can go hear us make predictions about star wars that which a lot of them have come true and uh or you can um you know support us at different levels you can even get some cool you know um prints signed prints from alex and stuff like that there's all kinds of cool rewards Mm -hmm. if you haven't uh, 
done that obviously our main show is star wars minute if you haven't listened to that we do one episode for every minute of every star wars movie we are star wars minute we are just uh working our way through rogue one when we've just uh i think this week will be our our 1000th episode um sheesh so we've done you know seven plus movies and so we're 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 deep in it there's a lot to dig through there if you haven't done that yet uh, when new episodes come out every weekday. Um, and uh, you can follow us on social media at Star Wars Minute on Twitter, uh, the Star Wars Minute on uh, Instagram. There's a Star Wars Minute Listener Society uh, over on Facebook, which you can uh, you can discuss with other, uh, with other Star Wars Minute fans. Um, the main rule is you have to be nice to one another and not, uh, not just go pick fights and, and be a jerk. That's more important than anything else. So uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's a very calm, civilized place usually to uh, to talk about Star Wars and Star Wars Minute stuff, and uh, um, um, the jerks get kicked out pretty quickly. They make themselves known because they can't help being jerks. And uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, then uh, if if you're only in it for the the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, uh, and uh, then like I said, we'll sprinkle a couple episodes before uh, we see you in 2020 at some point. Um, and I don't know how to sign off the show. Star Wars Minute. There you go. Star Wars Minute. <laughs>